Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hey, 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 what up, what up, though? You're listening to I'm Probably Right. I'm your boy, Reggie Watkins. Rate us, review us, subscribe, comment, but please don't be hating. My man, Kevin Cleveland's running the show, engineering, producing. Kevin, what's cracking? How you doing, brother? I'm hanging in there, licking my wounds from being embarrassed on Thursday Night Football. Kickoff to the NFL season, the Rams laid a big egg. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was it was tough. It was, it was a tough day. Um, not so tough for me because I'm a 49er fan, but I know it was tough for Kevin. And we're <laughs> going to talk about that. We're also going to talk about Lamar Jackson. The deadline passed. No contract was reached. No extension. No nothing. And then we're going to do a new segment to the show called Reggie's Picks. What do you think that might be? Yes, that is where Reggie goes down the schedule and picks the games for your gambling pleasure. But first up. The NFL is back, baby. Back in full effect. We've been waiting. Oh, Lord. You know, so, you, you, if, you're, if you're a fan like me, I love football and I love basketball. Baseball really don't really do nothing for me until you get to October and, you know, to the playoffs or whatnot. Regular season, I could give a damn about. So what we end up with is the NBA finals end in June. And then all we got is baseball up until now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We got baseball up until now. Thank God we had Kyrie and Kevin Durant and, and LeBron and all this stuff to talk about as well. But NFL is back, and last night we had the Bills coming into L.A. to take on the defending championship Rams. And much to Kevin's dismay, the Rams got that work put on them. That work put on them. And I mean, I'm going to talk about it from both sides, right? Because if you take it from, let's, t- let's take it from the, the winning team, the Bills, right? All this hype has been in the preseason and the offseason about how the Bills were the team to beat. Despite the fact they didn't beat anybody last year to get to the Super Bowl or not. But everybody's talking about the Bills being the Super Bowl favorite, right? Uh, the Bills are the Super Bowl favorite. Josh Allen is the Super Bowl MVP. And I, I just don't know. I ain't seen this much hype since, uh, uh, man, I, uh, Felipe Lopez. Felipe Lopez was the most hyped up high school player. I mean, he was LeBron before LeBron. Overhyped. The world was going to fall and be his oyster. Got to St. John and nobody and didn't do a damn thing. The Bills feel like Felipe Lopez to me. Everybody is hyping these dudes up and they ain't done nothing yet. And I was just I was talking to my boy last night. How long is it going to take before the hype train blows up about the Bills during this first game? And it didn't take more than one drive for people in my Twitter mentions and people in my group chats to start calling the Bills the best team in the NFL and Josh Allen the best quarterback in the NFL. After one series, Kevin. So let's talk about what they did. Okay, Josh Allen. We've been talked about Josh Allen on here. Josh Allen is dope as hell. The boy is, I got. I think I got him in my top five. I think I got him in my top five of quarterbacks, okay? Top five. Got a cannon for an arm. He can run if you let him. He'll stiff, did you, oh my God, he stiffed arm number 33 from the Rams into hell last night. So you, you got to bring the heat to get to him. Um, and he's progressed into being a dude who can read defenses and take what the defense gives him. 
which wasn't the case with him his first two years, where I was completely down on him, which most of the entire league was thinking, except for everybody in Buffalo, that this dude might be a bust because he was completing like 50% of his passes and just throwing interceptions all to be damned. But he comes in last night, and the first drive just looks ridiculous. I mean, completing everything. I mean, he ended the game completing 80, I think 89% of his passes. Unbelievable. Right? And you've got him, you've got Stefan Diggs, you got this dude uh Gabe Davis, uh, who's the other dude? McKenzie and Knox and Singletary. And yo, they've got a plethora of weapons. Got a good offensive line, and they don't even have to have a great offensive line. They need to have a good offensive line because Josh Allen can run like his name is Jaheem Allen, right? He can get out there and get them yards for you. So the offensive line ain't gotta work so hard. So they came out and the offense picked up where the offense left off against Kansas City because despite popular belief, they did lose that game against Kansas City. I know everybody wants to hype him up and talk about Josh Allen's the next big thing, but he got beat by the thing that is right now, which is Patrick Mahomes, still is, and for my money, will always be the greatest quarterback I've ever seen. But he came out and took, and they, the offense picked up right where they left off. Just zoom, 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 lasers, killing, oh man. Right. The thing that really surprised me about the Bills is I already knew they had a good defense, right? They already had a good defense last year, but they added Von Miller and now they've got a pass rush. And that was the thing that was lacking for them last year. They didn't really have a pass rush. Now they got a Hall of Fame pass rusher to add to this defense. Ed Oliver. and the, Oh, my God. This defense is about to be insane. And so they come out, and Josh Allen looks great in the first drive. Then he, uh, I think the second drive, they have the interception where he throws the ball to the receiver. I think it was McKenzie, as a matter of fact. Throws the ball to McKenzie, and he can't hold on to it. It gets intercepted. Not his fault. Whatever, right? Uh, they come back down. I think they get a field goal a little bit later. He throws another interception, and he throws an interception. This one where people are talking about it. I was I was going back and forth with some friends last night. Like, whose fault was it? Uh, that was on Josh Allen. Right. I mean, we I know how these 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 uh these commentators and people don't want to give any blame to the guys they think are supposed to be the it guys. But. The receiver sat in the zone where he was supposed to sit. Josh Allen threw it late and the DB came up in front and picked it off. There was nothing that receiver was supposed to do. When you run routes, you have a yard marker or in a down of distance you're trying to get to so that you actually get first downs so for somebody to say oh he should have come back to the ball if he comes back to the ball they don't get a first down right he's where he's supposed to be the ball was just late it happens it don't mean josh allen sucks if you point that out and you say yo he was a little bit late with the ball it just means he's human okay so he he was human and got another interception right they go into the half tied 10 to 10 and then they come back out and beat the brakes off the rams it was 10-10 at halftime. I believe it was a 10-10 at halftime, Kevin, or was it 17-10? No, nope, I thought it was 10-10. Yeah, the Rams did uh, tie in the half. Yes, 10-10 at half. They come back out and score 21 straight points and just blow them out the water. Um, the Bills are for real. That's the thing I learned about this because everybody's going to have their hot take and their overreaction, and the overreaction to me is Josh Allen's the best quarterback in the NFL. Yo, Let's pump the brakes here because it was game one against a team who we're going to talk about in a second, who I don't think has that great of a defense anymore. 
Josh Allen threw for 297 yards. Okay, he didn't throw for 300. It was 297, three touchdowns, and two interceptions. And I know people are going to say, well, you can't get one of those interceptions that should have been on the raw receiver. Okay, well, one of the touchdowns was wide ass open. He threw a lob pass, and the dude broke wide open. There was nothing else for him to do. I mean, so if we're going to take away the interception from him, let's take away that touchdown, too, because he actually did nothing but lob a pass, and the guy took off wide ass down the field for free. So, I mean, he had a he had a good game. He looked like a great quarterback. And that's what he's supposed to look like. He's a top five quarterback in the NFL. We, we got to stop doing this thing where we say, oh my God, he's, he's amazing. He, he looked at him completing these passes. That's what he's supposed to do. He's getting paid a lot of money to do exactly this. This is what he's supposed to do. And he did it. And Stephon Diggs was out there. And Stephon Diggs balled. I love seeing that matchup, Stephon Diggs and Jalen Ramsey, because they went uh, tip for tack. And you can see him talking trash every time Jalen Ramsey got him and didn't let uh, Stephon Diggs catch him. You know, they, they would smile back and forth. And, you know, uh, Stephon Diggs was 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 holding out his fingers like, oh, you, you missed me. You got it by just this little bit, right? And then Stephon Diggs got him at the end and burnt him on the touchdown, which is Hell, man, the last time we seen Jalen Ramsey, he's been getting burnt for some damn touchdowns, and he's supposed to be the best corner in the league, but I don't know, man. So I think the Bills are, are, are a good team. They're probably going to run through the AFC East. The only competition I really see coming from the AFC East for them is going to be Miami Dolphins this year. I, I think the Patriots take a step back, but I think the Miami Dolphins are going to you know, give them a little bit of a run somehow. But I think the Bills are... Head and shoulders, best in their division. I mean, in their division. We're going to see about the conference. I still, until they can come out and win a game against Kansas City or, hell, beat the Cincinnati Bengals, I need to see it in person. I need to see them show me. So let's wait and pump the brakes a little bit after game one and see what we got going down the line. But on the other side of the ball, uh, Kevin, this is overreaction. I just don't know how good the Rams are going to be this year after all they've lost. And granted, they played against one of the best teams in the NFL. The Buffalo Bills are a Super Bowl favorite. Vegas has them as a Super Bowl favorite. Rightfully so. They're a great team. Got all the pieces. Everything is, is should be clicking for them, right? But the Rams lost a lot that you just can't lose and plug people back in for that, right? So, I mean, if we just start from the jump, they lost their best offensive lineman. I mean, Andrew Whitworth is a Pro Bowl offensive lineman, been a Pro Bowler for different for different teams. I mean, I think he started with the Bengals, if I if I think right. Started Correct. with the Bengals, yep. came to the Rams, right? They lost their best offensive lineman. And then you've already not got the running game, they haven't had a real running game in years since Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley, okay? yeah. Yeah, since Todd Gurley, they haven't had a real running game. So you lost your best offensive lineman. You already don't have a real running game. And now you bring in Allen Robinson. And everybody was talking to me about Allen Robinson. He's going to be, yo, Allen Robinson is nice. He's not OBJ. He's not Robert Woods. Allen Robinson, there's a reason he's on his third team. Okay, there's a reason he's on his third NFL team. 
He's just not that good. And you can see Stafford's out there. And 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 not only that, you got Stafford who all season, all offseason long, people have been talking about his elbow problem, tendonitis in his elbow, right? And he goes out there and he's forcing it to Cooper Cup every which way he can, which again, I gotta bring this up for Cooper Cup. I think he gets so much reverse racism, it is ridiculous. People just will not cover this dude like a number one receiver. I don't understand. I don't get it. I don't know why he is not doubled every time he is on the field. But for some reason, people will not double that man. It's like they got these these black DBs out there like, no, don't you double him with me. I got him. But you don't because he keeps burning everybody one-on-one. He is good. I don't understand when people are going to get this through their head. He, there's... Okay, they can pump him the ball all they want, but he's still got to catch the damn ball, and he's still got to run with it after he catches it. The dude had insane numbers last year, and he comes out, and he's still not getting doubled on every play. I don't get it. I just don't understand. But he's trying to force it to Cooper Cup, and then when he can't force it to Cooper Cup, he's got nothing else to go to. Hell, there was one play. He threw it. Oh, my God. Okay, I think it was in the first quarter. And my buddy Rasan was like, yo, uh, I feel like Stafford about to give the ball to the Bills here. I just feel it coming. And literally, as soon as he said that, that next drive, Matthew Stafford comes out and throws a ball about five yards behind the receiver cutting out, and it gets picked off. And I kid you not, if you go back and listen to it, Chris Collinsworth says, oh, the defense fooled, fooled him on that. Ah, you know, they just tricked him. This defense is so good. Man, they didn't trick him. He threw the ball behind the receiver. Like, what are these excuses? We give every excuse in the world for Matthew Stafford not just being that great. He just is good. And if everything is good around him, he can make things happen. I mean, we saw it in the Super Bowl. When OBJ went down, they were struggling, struggling until Cooper Cup made all the damn plays to get them up out of there. And yeah, Stafford threw that no-look pass that he also tried to do last night that ended up getting picked off, right? Um, Stafford is Stafford. And now you got less weapons around him. Ugh. And on the defensive side of the ball, the, the Rams already couldn't stop the run last year. But now... You lost Von Miller, and Von Miller was a huge addition to that defense last year because now you've got to worry about Aaron Donald and Von Miller, two Hall of Fame pass rushers from different positions on the field. Like, who do you double? Who do you double? But now the answer is you double Aaron Donald and see if the other guys can get home, and they can't. And Jalen Ramsey, yo, there's something, you know I mean? He's always been tagged as for the for the past couple of years the best receiver best cornerback in the game but there just isn't this aura about him like the former best cornerbacks in the game right there was an aura about daryl revis there was an aura about namdi asamoa until he went to the eagles and got his ass roasted all over the place there was an aura about Deion sanders rod woodson right those were guys that you knew, you were, Champ Bailey, you knew you weren't going to that side of the ball. In their heyday, in their prime, ain't nobody going over there, man. But 
it ain't the same for Jalen Ramsey. I don't feel like anybody's really scared of him or worried of him because he just keeps being burnt toast the last few times that we seen him. And I don't know what the deal is, if something's in the dude's head or, you know what I mean, well, what is it? But he doesn't strike that fear in anybody or any receivers or any quarterbacks. They go at him. They get at that dude. And he is get atable because it's been happening. So, like I said, I feel like it could be an overreaction. I think they're not going to play the Bills every week. But they're going to play a tough schedule. They've got a tough schedule. And they started out with their first home game with the loss. So they can get it together. I think they can get it together. They can get some things done. But how do you get it together when your offensive line just gets they butt whipped? And they did get they butt whipped by a really good defensive front in the Bills, right? But those receivers, ugh. Cooper Cup, and then you got a bunch of dudes. The running game. Cam Akers, Daryl Henderson. I know fantasy owners were pissed. Cam Akers is supposed to be the starter. Daryl Henderson got the start and got all the damn carries. I'm not going to overreact. Uh, it's one game. We're going to wait and see. But I can't wait to see how my Niners do against this Rams team because we win in the division, baby. I'm Reggie Watkins. I'm probably right. We'll be back after the break. So the deadline has come and gone, and Lamar Jackson has not reached a contract extension with the Baltimore Ravens. And all I can think of is, what the hell are the Ravens doing? Because this is just dumb. It makes absolutely no sense that they would not pay this guy, a former MVP in the NFL, and a dude who is, a top, to me, he's borderline top five quarterback for me. Borderline top five. And... The Ravens are playing hardball. I don't understand. I don't know because we're not getting much out. Lamar and his mother are his agent, so you don't have any agent working the trades and working you know, uh, uh, the publications to try to get this out here. Well, this is what we asked for. This is what it was. But you got Lamar commenting on Twitter and commenting on Instagram when people are talking about his contract extensions and, and you know, somebody was on there saying that, oh, uh, he want he want more money than such and such and oh the Ravens already offered that and Lamar looking at everybody else's mentions and he come in saying no they didn't offer that so apparently <laughs> they didn't offer Lamar what he's looking for which if I'm Lamar I think I said this last week I don't want a penny less than what Deshaun Watson got. Now, I understand it's Cleveland. And like I said before, Cleveland is doing what we call fucking up the game for everybody else, right? They overpaid one dude. So now the market is getting set behind that dude for the next dude coming up or the dude who already thinks that he's above that dude to get paid that money. And if you're the Ravens, okay, I get it. You got to play the hardball. No, we are not Cleveland. We don't need to pay overpay for a quarterback but you're going to end up paying him anyways, right? So it almost behooves you to just do it now because he's going to play this year out, right? So Lamar Jackson is going to play this year on the last year of his rookie deal. And he's going to get paid $23 million. Next year, the Baltimore Ravens can franchise tag him. So Let me correct that. Next year, the Baltimore Ravens will undoubtedly franchise tag Lamar Jackson. 
unless they just give him the new deal, which they should do right now. Because next year, when they franchise tag him, he's going to be paid the top five average. He's going to be paid the average of what the top five quarterbacks are getting. What's that going to be? Probably about 45 to $50 million. 45 to $50 million is what they're going to pay him for one year with no real contract coming after that. And when they give him that franchise tag for the 45 to $50 million, guess what he's going to do in the offseason? He's not going to show up to camp with that one-year deal again. He's not going to do it. So now you've got this dude who's not coming into your camp, not working with your players, and you're going to have to extend that franchise tag. He'll wait till the final day to sign it and then show up and then get out there and play ball with y'all why would you do this yourself and then when you decide to give him the full contract because they can franchise tag him next year and i think they could do it one more year if you remember kirk cousins got the same deal from washington they franchise tagged that dude twice and paid him a boatload of money so let's say the, the ravens do this again and when you do that all you're doing is building negativity between you and the player that you keep franchise tagging because players don't want the franchise tag Players want the longevity of a contract and the guaranteed money. So you're telling this dude who is the face of your franchise, who actually makes everybody else's job easier, that we don't want to pay you the money that you're asking for. We'd rather nickel and dime you. We'd rather risk you going out there, getting hurt, and not having to pay you this money. Why? Why would you do this? Because... If you decide to do it next year, guess how much you're going to be paying him then? It's not going to be the 230 or if he's asking for 240 uh, instead of being higher than Watson. You're going to have to pay that dude 250 260 because the money is just going to keep going up. The salary cap is going to go up. The money is going to be there. Hell, I think Joe Burrow is going to be ready for a contract next year. So what do you think the Bengals are going to do for Joe Burrow? They're going to give him more than Watson because why? They've been to a Super Bowl. Watson has not. I don't understand this. And, and in the same vein, when I talk about the Browns messing up the game for everybody, Russell Wilson came up behind and messed up the game for the players by taking less money than Kyler Murray. Like, I don't understand what these guys are doing and what they're thinking. But all I know is Lamar Jackson is about to go out there and play this one-year deal for $23 million, which I don't have a problem with it, man. Like, I hear people talking about this all day on the TV, all this stuff. Yo, he, yo he's missing out on $200, $200 million if he, if he don't sign this, get his money first. Yo, he's about to get $23 million this year, right? $23 million to come out and play this year. Guaranteed, he has a $100 million insurance policy. That if anything happens to him and he can't play anymore, he gets $100 million tax-free. Guess what ain't tax-free? That $200. Guess what else that $200 ain't? It ain't commission free either, right? Well, actually, he don't got no he don't got no agent, so he don't got no commission to it. But it is taxable, right? So when you get up to that kind of money, two hundred thousand, man, forty percent off the rip, going to the to Uncle Sam, forty percent going to Uncle Sam, hundred percent of the insurance money coming straight to him. So, yeah, about the same thing. He could go out there and play on an insurance policy and cash in. He's gonna end up with a hundred. $23 million if everything goes wrong. But if everything goes right, the Ravens are just in a bad spot because they're going to have to pay this dude more than what he's asking for right now. So I just don't get it. And if you're the Ravens, why would you be bet You're basically saying that you're betting on this guy not 
doing well this season if you're not willing to give them the money, right? Because if you were willing to give them the money, you'd basically be in line with your team, in line with the progress of your team saying, yo, we think this dude is, the, is dope. He's going to take us to where we need to go. But when you're not willing to give him the money, you're kind of basically hoping that he doesn't do well so you don't have to pay him what he's asking for. Just all bad. Don't make sense. I'm excited to see it, though. It's just an extra piece of drama that is the NFL, and that's why we love it. Because now we're going to watch a dude play for his life and his bag every week in Baltimore. And I, for one, can't wait because, to me, that dude is the NFL MVP. If he can stay healthy for 17 games, I don't see how he doesn't win MVP. He's going to be playing with a team that is less than all these other teams. It's not as talented as the Bills. Not as talented as the the Chargers. Not as talented as uh, the Buccaneers. Not as talented as the 49ers, right? But this dude is going to go out there. He's going to be their running attack. He's going to be their passing attack and help the defense stay off the field and keep them fresh. That dude is so valuable, it's insane. He is my NFL MVP. Book it, stamp it. Reggie Watkins, I'm probably right. Back after the break. All right, all right. Now we've come to the portion of the show that is brand new. This is called Reggie's Picks. And for the NFL season, we are going to do this every week where I'm going to give you gamblers and you degenerates your picks, my stone cold locks. I got you, baby. And to help me is going to be Kevin Cleland running them down. So, baby, we're going to do the spread, too. We got you. We got you here. Kevin, you ready? Let's do it. Let's fire it off. Here we go. Let's go. Baltimore and the Jets. Jets are getting seven and a half. Seven and a half. And the Jets are at home. Correct. Correct. Take Baltimore. Uh, seven and a half, man. That's Baltimore about to run them out of the building. They've already got their offensive line. I think Dwayne Brown is injured, can't play the first week. Their best offensive lineman, uh, I think their rookie offensive lineman they drafted, ain't even playing. And then uh, Zach Wilson, the dude who I think is a bust anyways, he ain't playing. So Joe Flacco was starting. Man, take the take the Ravens all day, every day. Next. All right. Cleveland at Carolina. Carolina is uh, minus five, minus one and a half, sorry. Ooh, okay. Cleveland at Carolina. Carolina minus five. You said five and a half or no, one and a half? minus one and a half. So basically pick them. My, minus one and a half. So it's basically Cleveland is the favorite because when you're at home, you're supposed to get minus three, three points for the home uh, home field advantage. But they ain't saying that. And Baker Mayfield is starting. And I don't give a damn. I'm still taking the Cleveland Browns over there. I mean, look, Baker Mayfield couldn't get nothing done in Cleveland with all those weapons. So now I'm supposed to expect him to go to Carolina and get it done with Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, and, okay, Christian McCaffrey. But on the other side, that defense, boy, Miles Garrett is about to have a field day with Baker Mayfield's head. Take the Browns all day, air day. Next. Indianapolis, Houston. Houston's getting seven and a half. Uh... Uh, there's nothing to even talk about this. <laughs> Houston is garbage. Take Indianapolis. I don't care who's starting. I think Matt Ryan is starting for him. I don't care who's starting. Take Indianapolis all day, every day. Next. Jacksonville at Washington. Washington is minus three and a half. Ooh. Okay. Now, this is an intriguing game because... You got Carson Wentz over there with the Commanders now. And you got uh, your boy Trevor Lawrence with the Jacksonville Jaguars. They added some new pieces, and they got rid of the biggest piece. Herb Meyer is gone, and now they got a real coach in there, Doug Peterson, who last time we seen him was helping taking uh, the Philadelphia Eagles to the Super Bowl. So, ah, ah, ah. 
I'm gonna say the Jacksonville Jaguars are on the on the way up, and I'm taking the Jaguars all day, every day. Next up. All right, we get a little uh, divisional rivalry here with New England at Miami. Miami is minus two and a half. Woo! Okay, this right here is the battle of the college quarterbacks. They used to be teammates, Tua and Mac Jones. And for some reason, Mac Jones got to the NFL, had a good rookie season, and y'all act like y'all forgot about Tua. But this week, Tua about to show you why Mac Jones was his backup at Alabama and why Mac Jones is I, right, but he ain't real. Tua got your boy Tyreek there now, Jalen Waddle. Oh, man, the, the monster in the running game. The defense has already been a monster. Dolphins about to blow the doors off the Patriots. What's that line again? How many points? Uh, minus two and a half. Oh, yeah. Take that all day. <laughs> Take that all day, every day. Next. You are probably right. All right. Another divisional rivalry. New Orleans at Atlanta. Atlanta's getting five and a half. Oh, man. Jameis Winston is going to beat the brakes off the Atlanta Falcons. And this is a crazy matchup, too. This is Jameis Winston versus Marcus Mariota. And if you remember, they went 1-2 in the draft some time ago. And I remember certain people who listened to this show were swearing up and down that Marcus Mariota was going to have a better career than Jameis Winston. And they lied to you, people. They lied to you. They tried to lie to me. But I wouldn't listen to it. So I wouldn't listen to it back then. And today, I'm telling you, Jameis Winston and the Saints about to walk the dog on the Atlanta Falcons. Take that five and a half all day, every day. Next up. All right. Philly at Detroit. Detroit is getting three and a half, but remember, Jared Goff is their quarterback. Yes, I do remember that. And I was watching the Hard Knocks this past, uh, you know, offseason with the Detroit Lions. Really good show, man. Really good stuff. I love Dan Campbell as a head coach and his staff. He got Aaron Glenn as the, the defensive coordinator and the offensive coordinator is... Um, uh, who is it? Is it Deuce Staley? I think Deuce. No, no, Deuce Staley is the uh, is the assistant head coach. He's a running backs coach. I don't know who the offensive coordinator is. Don't even matter. <laughs> don't matter because the Eagles are going to whoop that ass. Jalen Hurts. This is his year to show up and show out. Right? It's the referendum on him. They got him. AJ Brown. He's got a uh, old boy that was a receiver from Alabama. I forget what his name is. Oh, Devonte, 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 something, man. But he's over there. Uh, Devonte Smith. They got him. They got uh, Miles, Miles, uh, Miles Turner. They got all kind of things right there for the Eagles to be successful. I think they go ahead and whoop the hell out of the Lions. Take the points all day, every day. Next up. All right. This is an interesting AFC matchup. Uh, Pittsburgh at Cincinnati. Cincinnati is minus six and a half. Ooh, Cincinnati minus six and yeah, a half. Yeah, interesting. Oh, Pittsburgh. Huh? Man, that is interesting. But. I'm going to take Cincinnati. And I always usually, in the first couple of weeks of the season, I always usually take the take the, the, the favorites in the spread, usually, because the defenses are usually up to bat. And if they're playing against somebody who I don't think has a great offense, it's going to be hard for them to score points. Mitchell Trubisky got the start for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I'm not out on Mitchell Trubisky, but I'm also not all the way in. I like him, uh, but the problem is most places that he plays for, they make him play like Mitch Trubisky when really he should be playing like Marshawn Trubisky. And when I say Marshawn Trubisky, that means they should be using his legs because the boy can run. And when he runs, he opens up his passing. But for some reason, people just want him to be back there as a statue quarterback. I don't know why. Maybe it's because the way he looks. But he is a runner. He should be running. However, he'll be running for his life against the Cincinnati Bengals because I think Burrow and them boys show up and put the paws on him. Go ahead and take the Bengals all day, every day. All right, next up is your game of the week. Uh, San Francisco at Chicago. Chicago is getting six and a half. Is that enough? 
Woo! This is going to be a game. You got two of the quarterbacks, the guys that I wanted the Niners to draft last year. I wanted the Niners to take Justin Fields. I thought that he was the best quarterback in the draft, even though there was Trevor Lawrence. And then they had this kid, Trey Lance, come out of nowhere. And I was like, man, I don't want to be drafting dudes from North Dakota State because they ain't played nobody but the school of the blind. And when they get to the NFL, it's going to be too fast, too much pressure on them. But I've watched Trey Lance. I think that he's an NFL quarterback. He's going to take his bumps and bruises at the beginning, but we've got everything else around him. And I don't know if the Bears have done anything to really bring up the Bears for Justin Fields. So six and a half eh, on the road. I would actually take the Bears to cover that spread, but I think the Niners will win the game. Don't hold me to it, but I think that you know, hold me to it. I think the Bears will cover. I think it's going to be a tight game. These two quarterbacks are going to show out a little bit, and we're going to see, yo, we're going to see who should have been the pick. And I think the 49ers have proved that their guy was the pick, and they will win the game, just won't cover the spread. Next up. All right, we've got a good NFC matchup with Green Bay at Minnesota. Minnesota's getting two and a half. Oh, man. Minnesota getting two and a half. Yep. Take that now, because I think Minnesota's going to win this game, no matter what. I just think that the, the uh, Aaron Rodgers... To me, one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play the game, but you can't lose the best receiver in the game and not fall back a little bit, right? Their defense is still good, but you lose that guy. Who steps in to replace him? And you're on the road in Minnesota. Minnesota, quiet as kept, man. Those dudes got weapons. I mean, Justin Jefferson. Uh, who's the other dude on the other side? I think he's still got the the, the white dude, the, the dope receiver, who was, who was double a couple years ago. He got hurt. Um, and then you got Dalvin Cook coming back, running the ball. You got uh, Irv, Irv Smith Jr. at tight end. Their defense is lights out. I'm going with the Vikings. And, hell, I think the Vikings might go ahead and win that division. You heard it here first. Take that one. All day, every day. Next up. Here's a pretty good matchup with a couple of key quarterbacks. Kansas City at Arizona. Arizona's getting three and a half. Ooh, this is going to be good. This is going to be good. We're going to see how Patrick Mahomes and Kyler Murray do without their number one receivers. Because Tyreek Hill went over to Miami. And uh, D-Hop is out because of, uh, I think, what is it? Uh, substance abuse of some kind of, not 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 like drugs or anything, but I think he was doing the, you know all that poking and maybe taking some wrong drugs or whatever, right? So we're going to see how Arizona bumps back from that, but they lost Chandler Jones, so the defense is missing a little bit of a pass rush. They got J.J. Watt, but it ain't the real J.J. Watt. It's the J.J., uh, you know, few less Watts. Um, we're going to see how this game pulls out, but if I got to pick a game and I got to pick a team, I got to go with the greatest quarterback I've ever seen in my life, and it's Patrick Mahomes. I'll take him every day, all day. Next up. Here is a great AFC West uh, matchup. Raiders, Vegas Raiders at the Chargers. Chargers are minus three and a half. Wow. Raiders at Chargers. This is a rematch of last season when mm-hmm. they had to win the game to get into the playoffs. And you said, who's who's minus three? Uh, so the Chargers are minus three and a half. Chargers are minus three and a half. This is in L.A. At SoFi, yep. At SoFi. Yeah, man. I, I'm going to go with the Chargers. They're the hot pick that everybody's talking about. Three and a half. I mean, that's basically going to win by four points. I can see that happening. I don't trust Derek Carr. Um, I trust Justin Herbert with my life because I think that dude is phenomenal. And they've just they they added Khalil Mack to the defense. They're going to be dope. Their defense is going to be better. Pass rush is going to be better. And I believe Justin Herbert takes another step forward. And I think Derek Carr gets Devontae Adams, but he's just going to be double teamed all day because that's what people do to good receivers. And I'm going to go ahead and go with the Chargers. Uh, Chargers minus three and a half. 
take it all day, every day. Next. Here's probably the worst matchup of the week. How about the New York Giants at the Tennessee Titans? Tennessee is minus five and a half. I, I don't even, <laughs> I, I don't even care. I don't even care. Don't bet on this game. Don't even touch it. I'm not watching it. I won't even look at the highlights. Next. All right, let's go to uh, Tampa Bay at Dallas. Dallas is actually plus one and a half. Wow. Close game. Tampa Bay at Dallas. Dallas is one and a half. <sighs> That's a tough one, man, because, you know, the Dallas Cowboys are at home. They should be getting minus three, but instead they're getting plus, they're getting plus one and a half. <sighs> I don't know about the Bucks this year. I just don't know. I, I hope so because I got I got uh, Mike Evans as my fantasy receiver, but Tom Brady said he's 45, and, you know, a lot of stuff is going on in his life, so maybe his, his, his marriage ain't going well. Maybe his body don't feel well, and I saw him at that press conference. He looked uh, a little uh, undernourished. I'm not sure, and I know Michael Parsons is licking at the chops to get him. I'm going to go ahead and take the Cowboys to win this game. I'm going to take them to cover, and I think they're going to win this game. Next up. All right, last one. This is going to be a great one because this is a chance for a great quarterback to torch his previous team. Denver at Seattle. Seattle is getting five and a half. Man, this is so crazy that the NFL put these matchups together like this. I mean, you got the Cleveland Browns and uh, the Carolina Panthers. Uh, you had the, the Bills and the Rams. Man, you got uh, New England and and the, and the Dolphins, where you got Tua versus Mac Jones, old college college uh, teammates. And now you got Russ going back to Seattle to play against his home, his former team, and they are going to slack. Seahawks. I'm a Geno Smith uh, apologist. I like Geno Smith. I think he's always gotten a raw deal in the league. But man, Russ is about to go in there with the Broncos and they're going to show him what the hell they've been missing. Danger Rush shows up. Broncos cover and win all day, every day. That's Reggie's picks. Play them at your own win or peril. I don't know what you want to do, but take my word for it. I'm probably right. I'm Reggie Watkins. Thank you for listening. Rate us, review us, subscribe, comment, but please don't be hating. Kevin Cleveland, my man, is running the show, engineering and producing. Thank you so much. Y'all have a great football weekend. We'll talk to you next week. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.